0: So, what we've been doing is we've been in this series, Sola Gratia, and this is the sixth part, and uh, each of those weeks I've been drawing some things out of one chapter in the book of Galatians in the New Testament. And just the briefest of recaps, the book of Galatians was written to these churches in what was a part of Turkey, and it was written to them because The writer, the Apostle Paul, was concerned that these Christians, most of whom had come to faith under his ministry, he was concerned that they had started listening to people who were saying, now that you're followers of Christ, you need to become better Jews and keep the Jewish traditions and do all the things required of you by the the, the Jewish law. And Paul writes the letter to the Galatians to say to them, listen, Christ's death is enough. You don't need to add to that. You don't need to work for your salvation. I I noticed in that last song that the band sang with us, I love that song, not through I, but through Christ in me. And that so much emphasizes this particular message from this book. It's all through what Christ has done. And, And in the first verse, and I know we only sang it 10 minutes ago, but I don't really remember the words exactly. But it said basically this, you know, heaven gave its best and heaven's got nothing more to give. And if heaven's got nothing more that it needs to add to what Jesus did, you and I have certainly got nothing that we need to add to what Jesus did. We need to rest in the fact that Jesus did pay it all, and I am, I, my salvation is sure, and my salvation is secure through what Jesus has done. And, and that's where we focus in the first three weeks. In week four, we talked about knowing who we are, sons of God, uh, heirs of God. And then last week, we we looked in chapter five. that takes a practical turn and reminds us that what comes out of the joy of knowing that we are children of God, that we don't need to reach a certain standard because Jesus did, what comes out of that is we are now free to live for God. So, Galatians 5 and verse 25 tells us this keep in step with the Spirit. So, here's where we go from the fact that we've trusted Christ, Jesus has saved us, we belong to Him, heaven is secured for us. So, what, how does God want us to be? Just keep in step with the Spirit. The Holy Spirit will always lead us into the kind of activities and actions that Jesus prioritized while he was on earth. And they are summed up in the statement that he made where he said, I came not to be served, but to serve. Some of you might remember that last week I I, I said that when Jesus summed up the requirements of the Ten Commandments, He said this. He said, love God with all your heart and love others. And too often people have have misrepresented that and they've changed it for something else. And they said, okay, here's what you've got to do now. You, you've got to love God and you've got, to, you've got to be perfect. You've got to love God and, and, and you've got to keep your nose clean. You've got to love God and you must make sure you don't sin. And you know what? You shouldn't sin. But Jesus didn't say that. He said, here's what you've got to do. Love God and love other people. That's what he wants us to do. You know what? The whole sin issue and the sin battle with us, he's helping us, and he's working on alongside of us, but it's not a case of, you know, love God and don't sin, and and you know what? If you can keep that up for the rest of your life, you'll get into heaven, because if that is the requirement, you are doomed, so am I. It's not that I want to sin, but I still slip, and you do too, Right? Great, I love it when you've got five honest people in church. <laughs> it proves that everybody else really needs to be here. So <laughs> no, but that but that's how Jesus said love God and love others. Amen. And and what comes out of our security in Christ is that we are then free to love and to serve other people. So now we come to one concluding statement I want to focus on, because if chapter 5 starts to get practical, chapter 6 gets really practical. Now, there's a whole lot of stuff in Galatians chapter 6, but I want to focus on this one statement, Galatians 6 and verse 9. Let us not become weary in doing good, for at the proper time we will reap a harvest if we do not give up. Hey, so in light of all this, folks, let's not become weary in doing good. Let's keep doing what we're doing. Let's believe God for harvest, and let's make sure we don't give up. Let's not become weary. A number of years ago, I was was involved in moderating an online forum for pastors that was actually linked with Saddleback Church and, and Rick Warren's ministry. And uh, there were four of us who looked after this for them. And we had like 20,000 pastors worldwide that were part of this online forum that we moderated. And uh, over the years, you know, we did that for a number of years and things changed, but quite a lot of us who were part of that forum are, are still connected in a social media group now. And, and the other day, one, one of them... Uh, put into this social media group. He said, I, I don't know how to, how to deal with this. I just became pastor at a church, and the youth pastor said he's fried. He needs a sabbatical. He needs to take six months off. Uh, so, what, what do I do with that? So, I typed, I mean, we kind of know each other there, so I typed in and said, just tell him to get on with it. Yeah, the British folk aren't strong on empathy at times. I don't, know if, I don't know if, you know, the British approach is keep a stiff upper lip and suck it up. It's like, you know. And, and then, you know, one person who's a member of that group messaged me privately and said, I, I can't believe the way you are. Da, 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 da. And, and, and because in a lot of situations, kind of, uh, after, every seven years a pastor serves, he gets three months' break. And I said, Pastoring can be very stressful, but so can being a cop, so can being a nurse, so can being a thousand and one other things. So all I say is pastors need to learn to pace themselves, not take huge breaks. Hey, if you get three months for every seven years, I am due, (laughs) all right? I will see you Memorial Day weekend of 2023. Okay? Okay? Look after yourselves, I'll be back. Okay? I know you can get tired. I know we can get overwhelmed. And I also know this we need to take precautions to make sure we don't. But they need to be a way of life for us. So, so. We've got to learn to pace ourselves in life as a whole and in our service of God too. Pacing ourselves is important. 2 Thessalonians 3.13 says this, As for you, my brothers and sisters, never tire of doing what is good. I want to encourage some of you in that this morning. Don't tire of doing what is good. Let's not become weary in doing good. One of the ways to make sure you don't get weary is, is this. You're going to get tired if you try to give out more than you can take in. When, when I was pastoring in, in the northeast of Scotland in a, a pretty remote area, there was one Saturday night uh, very late when I got a call from a lady in our church and she was in the hospital in the city which was 40-some miles away. And her husband had had a stroke, and he was in a bad way. And she said, "Is there any way you can come?" And I said, "Sure." So, whatever time of night it was, uh, but it was like late night or early morning. I, you know, I, I got dressed, I got in the car, I got on the road, and then I looked at my fuel gauge, and I was in trouble. Because I'm not one of those people who fills his tank when it gets to half, foot, when it gets to half empty, right? I'm not one of those. And I know there, there are 101 reasons why you should do that. I don't do that. I'm the guy who says it's saying empty, but it's lying. <laughs> right? Right? And it's worked for me. I only ran out of gas once in my life. That was in the middle of city center in rush hour, but we won't go into that. But that was... But, and I'm looking and I'm thinking, I wonder if I can get, because there's nowhere, like the one local gas station we've got, that closed at seven o'clock at night. It was like, th- they weren't there. Between me and the city, there were a couple of gas stations in other villages, but they would have all been shot. And, and the question is, can I get to the city? But I need to get to the city. So, so I prayed. There are times when you pray more fervently than others, right? And so I pray, and I'm asking God, it's like, God, you know, this is your work. And I remember in the Bible, you did a, you did a thing with a, a, a jug of oil for an old lady, and the oil kept pouring, kept pouring, so all I need is gas to keep pumping, keep pumping, you know? And so, so, I, so, we, so I, I go through, and I get to the outskirts of the city where, where, thank God, there's a city gas station, but it closed, I guess, at some late hour, and now it was something like one or two o'clock in the morning and I've got no gas. I go to the hospital, I spend some time with him, I pray, and then I I really don't know what to do. Long story short, I had the tensest ride home ever, and I think my car spluttered and coughed as I pulled up outside my house, and that was it. And that was it. But I am going to tell you, when I was living there, I never let my tank be low on a weekend. (laughs) I partially learned the lesson. (laughs) Because if you're out of gas, you're no good to anybody. And you don't know when you might need it. And you're going to get tired if you're giving out more than you're taking in. I want to talk to you about that from a spiritual perspective uh, because I believe our spiritual standing is the foundation of everything else. So, so even if your weariness is with your work or if your weariness is with a problem you're dealing with with family right now, I'm going to bring you back to this, that where we're at spiritually is the foundation for everything. Is, is that a fair comment? Right? And, and the fact is we need to make sure we are constantly receiving from God. Isaiah chapter 40, verse 29. He gives strength to the weary and increases the power of the weak. Even youths grow, grow tired and weary. Young men stumble and fall, but those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not faint. Now, I know for those of you that are purists, and some of you have known these verses for years, you'll say, that's not what it really says. It says, those who wait on the Lord will renew their strength. And, and, and I want to tell you, the more accurate translation is hope. But actually, those two are very much the same thing. If you're waiting on God and looking to God, your hope is going to be rising. Those who hope in the Lord will run and not grow weary. They will walk and they will not faint. In the New Testament book of Jude, just one chapter full of wisdom, it says this in verse 20, but you, dear friends, carefully build yourselves up in this most holy faith. How do you do that? By praying in the Holy Spirit carefully build yourselves up. Make a point of it. Make sure you do it. Do the things that strengthen your faith. And your praying is going to be one of those things that does that for you. You've got to do the things that are going to give you the strength you need for the challenges of the day. And you know what? Jesus modeled that for us. Several times in the gospel, it refers to the fact that very early in the day, Jesus went out to a quiet place by himself alone. And there he talked to the Father because he knew what was going to be coming up. The day was going to be a day of giving out, giving out, giving out, giving out. So you know what he had to do at the start of the day? Take in, take in, take in, take in. He needed to spend time with the Father. Jude says, build yourselves up. And then the next verse says this. And this is what follows when you build yourself up. Go easy on those who hesitate in the faith. Go after those who take the wrong way. Be tender with sinners, but not soft on sin. The sin itself stinks to high heaven. When we build ourselves up first, what we then do is we do good to others. One way to make sure that you don't become weary is you don't give out more than you've taken in. I'll tell you another way you'll get tired, and you'll get tired real quick. You'll get tired if you try to fix everyone and everything. How many found you can't fix everybody? I mean, we all know you can't fix stupid, but you can't fix... You you... Know, you it's a huge lesson to get to the place where you, you, you're not even, you're not trying to. In, in, in the book of Acts and uh, chapter 3, uh, Peter is going up to the temple to pray, and there's a man there who's lame, and he's sitting there crippled, he can't walk, and he's begging, and and. Peter says to him, hey, look at us, and the man looks at them expecting that they're going to give him some significant amount of money, and Peter says to them, I don't have a nickel to my name, but what I do have, I give you. I just want you to pause there, and I I just want to underline that. What I do have, I give you. The man was expecting something different and wanting something different from Peter, but Peter said, look, all I can give you is what I have. turns out it was way better, right? In the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, walk. And the man got up and he walked, right? (laughs) Sometimes you have to pull back from situations or they'll wear you out. Sometimes you have to withdraw from people because they are draining you. Sometimes you have to let things go. Heck, I don't even listen to the news now like I used to listen to the news. I don't need it. It wasn't doing me good. So I pulled back from it. You say, what you, don't you want to know what's going on? Yeah, I'd love to know what's going on, but the news media won't tell you that. <laughs> Sometimes you've got to pull away. And you can't fix everybody, and you can't fix every situation. But if you overextend yourself, you're gonna find yourself weary. You'll get tired. So so the first the first thing then that that the the Bible encourages us in here is, is that we really have to be careful and pace ourselves don't get tired. Let's not become weary. And then there's another thing in his kind of parting words to these believers, Paul encourages them in, and that is live looking for the harvest. Live looking for the harvest. You know why I love Sunday mornings? Well, there are a ton of reasons why I love Sunday mornings. But you know the biggest thing that excites me about Sunday mornings is that on any given Sunday morning, there is a potential that somebody who does not know Christ will actually come to know Jesus. That's the, that's the, to me, that's, you know… That's why I get up Sunday mornings and it's why I get up every other morning for that matter And and because it's, I don't know what God's going to do but I know God is in the saving and life-changing business and I live looking for the harvest. And you're going to get tired if you don't live believing for and looking for a harvest. Let us not become weary in doing good for at the proper time We will reap a harvest. If you take your eyes off the goal, you'll get tired. Now, I did a a very unscientific study of the book of Psalms recently, and I concluded what is the most frequently asked question in Psalms. Now, it may not be, and I'm not telling you it is, but I think it could well be. I'll give you a clue. Psalm 13, how long, Lord? Will you forget me forever? How long will you hide your face from me? How long must I wrestle with my thoughts? Day after day, have sorrow in my heart. How long will my enemy triumph over me? I'll give you another clue. Psalm 35, verse 17. How long, Lord, will you look on? Rescue me from their ravages, my precious life from these lions. All right, last one, in case you haven't got it. Psalm 89, verse 46. How long, Lord... Will you hide yourself forever? Okay, here we go, right? This is kind of, we like participation. How many of you have ever prayed a prayer like some one of those? Right, and the rest of you either don't pray or you're not telling the truth, right? Right? How long, Lord? When are you going to do it? And some of you might be in very serious situations or people that you love might be in very situations. Serious situations. And, 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 and this morning, you're, ask, you know, you, you, you're thinking, you're asking God, why don't you? God, when will you? God, are you going to? And I want to encourage you, live looking for the harvest. Live expecting. Live believing. Live knowing that God is faithful. At the set time, at the right time, you will reap. In Galatians chapter four and verse four, it says this about Jesus coming to this world. When the set time had fully come, God sent his son. Now, didn't the world still need a savior the week before Jesus was born? Yes, it did. Didn't it still need a savior a hundred years before Jesus was born? Yes, it did. So why didn't Jesus come a hundred years before? Earlier, Jesus came when in the plans and purpose of God, the set time had come. And I want to remind you today, there is a set time when God will answer your prayers. Don't give up. Don't lose heart. Don't be discouraged. Don't grow tired. Don't get weary. The harvest is coming. Keep praying. Keep believing. In the book of James, chapter 5, it says this, verse 7. Be patient then, brothers and sisters. That's the one we don't want to hear, right? I mean, tell the truth. It's like, no, that wasn't what I was looking for, God. I wanted some different answer from you. Be patient, brothers and sisters, until the Lord's coming. See how the farmer waits for the land, to yield its valuable crop, patiently waiting for His autumn and spring rains. You too, be patient and stand firm, because the Lord's coming is near. There's a whole lot of Scripture that talks to us about a second coming of Christ, and you could You could take it that that was what this was meaning, and maybe it was to some degree, but I I, I really believe that to these people that were looking for answers from God and these folks who were praying, that when James writes, the Lord's coming is near, he wasn't talking about some second coming of Christ that would be at least 2,000 years away, but he was saying, God's going to come to you. The Lord's coming is near. And I want to encourage some of you today, don't lose heart. The Lord's coming is near. God's going to come. Jesus is going to come. And He's going to intervene. And He's going to do His stuff. And He's going to meet that need. And He's going to make things happen. Be patient. We used to sing a song a number of years ago. It went something like that. I'm not going to sing it. It went something like this. Don't give up on the brink of a miracle. Don't stop now. Don't stop now. Keep praying. Keep believing. Keep looking for the harvest. Keep looking for that answer to prayer. And, and I want to tell you, you know, we were singing about it with the song about the God of revival today. Don't give up on our country. Don't give up on our community. God hasn't finished yet. God hasn't finished yet. Things may not be where they once were spiritually in this nation, but God's not done with us. In Matthew 9 verse 36, it says this about Jesus, When He looked out over the crowds, His heart broke. So confused and aimless they were, like sheep with no shepherd. I think that's America in 2021. Confused, aimless, like sheep with no shepherd. But don't let that pull you down. Don't get weary, and don't get entangled in the mire too much. Here's the next thing Jesus said He said, What a huge harvest! what potential there is. But then he said to his disciples, but how few workers on your knees and pray for harvest hands. Live looking for the harvest. Live looking for the harvest. You know what God gave us when he gave us this building? God gave us a barn for the harvest. A barn for the harvest. Don't get too negative. Don't get too disheartened. Don't get anxious about what crazy things politicians might do and say. Because, in the end of the day, the earth is the Lord's, and so is everything that is in it. God's overall. God's overall. God's overall. So I'm not getting discouraged. I'm not getting disheartened. I'm not getting weary. I'm not getting faint. Because I believe we are going to see a harvest. And I believe we are going to see a spiritual turnaround. And that is what will make the change for us as a nation. That's what makes the difference. Jesus alone can do what nobody else can do. So... Let's not become weary. Let's make sure we don't let ourselves become weary. Let's live looking for the harvest. And then just briefly, let me say this. Let's stay positive. Galatians 6, 9 says, At the proper time, we will reap a harvest if we don't give up. If we don't give up. You might be sitting here today, but in your heart you've pulled back from your commitment to God or your involvement in the mission of the church. You might be sitting home watching today, and you're not, in all honesty, sitting home watching because you're concerned about your safety. That's totally legit but maybe you're sitting home watching because it's become comfortable to sit back a bit. And my encouragement to you today is don't give up. Don't give up. You may be distant because you've been burned in church life. You might have been burned here. God knows we wouldn't ever want to do that, but it might have happened. Don't give up. Don't give up. You know, God not only re- rewards great faith, but God rewards great faithfulness. Some of you might be sitting here today, and 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 you're here, and you've uh, somehow or other you found out about us, and you came to worship with us, and you've been in some other church situation, and and uh, you know maybe you left that situation because. And, you know, things weren't good for you, and maybe there are things that happened that made you turn away from there. And what I want to say to you today, too, is, yeah, but don't give up. Don't give up. We have the privilege of living this one life with Jesus and for Jesus. Don't give up. However tired you might feel, however fried you might be, whatever may have happened along the way, don't give up. Don't give up. There's only one way to live the Christian life that's satisfying, and that's to live it 100% committed to Jesus and to His work. That's the only way. And my call as I, as I kind of wind up today is this. If you've taken a step back or hung back, because you're weary, I want to encourage you today. Let God refresh you and get back into the place where God wants you to be of wholeheartedly serving Him. Let's pray together.